Hey, everybody, this is Chris and Rick Talk Guitars, man, and we're trying to overcome technical difficulties, which sucks, but we have a killer guest today, Liz Keller, guitar player for The Purrs here in Seattle and guitar tech extraordinaire at Emerald City Guitars. Say good morning, Liz. Good morning, Liz. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in our previous attempt to start this damn episode, uh, we were trying to get a little more information about your tech gig with Nancy Wilson. So elaborate yeah. on that, man. That's such a cool gig. And I just thought it was so cool that you got that. So give us yeah. more details. Well, it was kind of like a mega bucket list to check off. Uh, I mean, not that I ever thought I would ever end up in that position, but she's basically like my guitar hero. If it wasn't for her and, you know, Anne as well, of course, I wouldn't be where I'm at today in my career and what I'm doing and playing music. And yeah, since I was like a little kid, you know, growing up listening to them fast forward to my teenage years and kind of really got to understand like what they're all about. And especially her as a guitar player from Seattle. Um, it was just like all the boxes checked and I was like, Oh my God, that's like, I want to be her when I grow up. (laughs) And so the stars aligned and it's kind of like one of those things, like subconsciously I've been preparing myself for this moment for 25 years, you know, 30 right. years. And it just kind of all happened. Yeah. So it was, that's awesome. Yeah. How did, it, so, how, okay. how did it happen? Um, I, I'm kind of curious. So did she come in the shop at Emerald? No, City? no, but I, I mean, all of everybody in her band are homies of mine. So it's oh, kind okay. of like, so I've just through the music scene, you know, you get to know people and especially working in a guitar shop, as a guitar tech, you know, you, you obviously, you know, it's just, an, it's inevitable that you come across people that are in her, her circle. And um, there, there's been a couple of times where I've been hit up last minute, like, like her tech got COVID once. And it was like, you need to fly to LA today and like, do <laughs> gigs. And, but it just didn't, it, for whatever reason, it didn't pan out. Like they've got somebody else and which is fine. Cause like it took the pressure off that one time and I almost, got the gig, but, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. I don't know. I'm still processing it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I didn't fuck up. So that's, that's good. Nice. Um, I, I just don't think I did. <laughs> I, oh, very distinctly. I think it was down when I was, we were both down at Emerald city one day. And I think there was a guitar player magazine that had Nancy Wilson on the front. And that's when you told me, you said, that's why I play guitar. That made me yeah. play guitar. And then mm-hmm. when I heard you were tacking for, I'm like, that's so cool. That's like one of those Cinderella stories that like you mentioned wanting to be in that in the presence of that person, you know, as a guitar player, and then you ended up with her. So yeah. I, I just thought that was great. Yeah. And she's so cool. Like she's so nice. Like so like just cool. Like I I met her a couple times like 20 years ago, just briefly, you know, just through like Ben Smith, her her drummer. He's I've known him for, you know, 20 years. And I had the opportunity to go watch a full tech rehearsal with Hart and their you know, crew at this like rented space in Auburn, which is where I'm from. And so, yeah, I got to watch the whole process of like how they get, you know, the, the whole stage backdrop and everything, you know, checking all the levels. And, and I was, I was so nervous and such a nerd. I didn't, I didn't really know what to say when, when the time came where I got to meet her and, but she was super cool. And, and then I got ran into her again at the NAM show a couple of years later and just randomly in the Gibson booth and she's like, have we met before? And I was like, I've clammed up and I was like, no, I don't think so. Like, I don't know why I said that. I don't know why. Like it just came over me and I was, and it's been bothering me for 20 years. And anyway, so 
fast forward to last month when I got to do this gig, I, I didn't tell her that story, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe if we ever hang out again, I'll come clean. But yeah, <laughs> it was that's funny. Yeah, that's but yeah, she was cool. She actually asked if. Well, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but she <laughs> she asked if I'd want to work with her again, and then and I'm like, yeah, sure. Cool. Let me think about uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me think. Yeah. Let me check my calendar. <laughs> That's so uh, cool. So yeah, that, was, so that, so that, that band was essentially really your kind of touchstone in terms of really turning you on to music and guitar specifically. Definitely, definitely yeah. a big one. Yeah. That's the, cool. cran- the, the cranberries were another big one that oh, cool. I think that's what Dolores O'Riordan, she was like kind of the one that really kind of like kicked it in like, okay, I want to play guitar, even though, you know, she's not like a particularly like, shredding guitar player but uh-huh. it got that bug in me that i wanted to i wanted to do that like i just wanted to like feel that feeling of like those the strings in your hand and you know just yeah i don't know that's cool that's yeah. so did just, you oh go ahead, go ahead. yeah go ahead chris go yeah, ahead chris just, i might be jumping ahead a little bit but i was really interested in finding out when did you feel the bug to start tinkering with guitars and like you know teching and stuff like that did that come pretty early on or was there no lot? that actually that came when i started working at american music okay. um I started there in two, 2001 and back in the day, like there was a thing where it's like, if you buy a guitar here, you get free setups for life. And so I kind of got put into that position eventually, like, like, okay, well, somebody has got to do all the setups. And I just kind of had a knack for it. And it, you know, it's like, it's one of those things like where you want it, you want a guitar to play how you would want it to play. And mm-hmm. So it's just like, okay, well, you know, I've picked up some tips and tricks along the way from people. And, but for the most part, I just kind of like figured it out on my own and, and, uh, I love it. It's, it's, it's like, it's, it's sometimes a challenge, you know, depending on <laughs> the piece of gear, but, but yeah, it's just, it's, I love doing it. Like it, it's, it, it's kind of like a Zen thing for me, making it play how you'd want it to play. Right. That's, that's super cool. cool. And that's kind of the way that I came to it too. Sometime I just got really into it. And I mean, it used to be, I just ran into this last weekend and you probably run into this from time to time now is people are terrified of their truss rods. They're just like completely like frightened and will not touch or even think about the truss rod or they're going to break their guitar. And it's like, I think for a lot of people, it's, you know, that's the thing. It's like, and I was like that when I first started out, it's like, I can only have someone set this up. I don't want to dick with it because I don't want it to go out. You know, I, I don't understand what I'm doing. But once you learn that, it's like so liberating. It's, you know, it's like, now, and like you said, you touched on something very important. Only you know how you want your guitar to play, right? Mm-hmm. And a good tackle, sit there and watch a person play and like listen and take notes. And then you can get it close, but really the only person who can do it is the person who has the guitar. But I mean, I just always think that that fear, I have this like thought that, you know, if I was a conspiracy theorist, I would think it was probably big guitar tech that was making people afraid of their truck rods so they have to go through tech but um, yeah i mean just realistically and this is what i told the person last weekend i mean you have to work really hard to destroy a truss rod to break mm-hmm. the rod or strip it and people do but it's when they do it's from like just reefing on that thing so it's like, oh yeah i mean it's pretty funny that was a winded way of saying you know i I appreciate your path because I was the same way, got all kinds of books. And even down at Emerald City Guitar, I kind of did that for a while when I first was on there. I was kind of like a tech. Didn't do super, super deep things, but um, did a lot of like setups and, you know, installations and things like that. Yeah. That was the days when Jay was roasting sweet potatoes in the oven. That's right. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, I'm fuming. I love that. 
<laughs> I love that story. <laughs> it, that reminds me of this time when speaking of trust rods, um, this guy like came into American music one day with this acoustic guitar, like no case. He was just walked in with it, pulling it by its neck. And he's like, I need to get my thrust rod adjusted. <laughs> I was like, uh, you mean your, your trust rod? And he's like, yeah, I need to get my thrust rod adjusted. That's hilarious. I was like, wow. Okay. It probably <laughs> did. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, it wasn't for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm one of those people that still is uh, squeamish about trust rod adjustments. I don't know why. It's just, you know, because you read all about, you know, you just turn it like a quarter inch or not a quarter inch, but a quarter of the way and let it sit for an hour or whatever. And I don't know. I, it's always been a mystery to me. I've, I've started to get a little more brave about it, but yeah. It, yeah. So I'm curious to know, like when people come to have their guitar set up with you, how, how much time do you spend with them prior to set up to kind of, like Chris was saying, to kind of get to know, okay, well, what is this person how do they play? What 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 do you what would they like in terms of a setup? Uh, I mean, actually, more, more often than not, it's usually one of the other guys like checking them in. You know, like Joey or Matt or Nick. Oh, you know, like they're they're almost like the front lines. Like so, they'll they'll be the ones to check them in, and unless it's like very specific, you know, tuning instructions or how they want the action set. Like uh -huh. I, I'll just do like just kind of my general you know just the general setup and standard tuning whatever um most of the time when people come in to drop it off like they don't really know what they want you know they just know that they need it to feel better it. and i just kind of do it do that and if there's if when they come to pick it up if they need any other tweaks or adjustments then i'll handle it on the spot you know if i'm, if I'm there it's kind of like a almost like a like a sixth sense in a sense cool. <laughs> if that makes sense well, it's um a feel. it's a vibe it's a feel yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah it's like it's like i know i you know this neck has got a major wow in it you know uh-huh yeah <laughs> like it needs to be cranked quite a bit like sometimes it, after like a full setup it's it needs to settle a little bit so yeah sometimes it might need a little bit of a follow-up tweak but so I'm kind of curious yeah. to know about that. That so so for most setups, do, does it require a little bit of a truss rod adjustment, or is it? Are yeah. most does it? Okay, yeah, yeah. I, gonna... I mean, it, yeah, I'm ninety five percent of the time for sure. Like even okay. if it's just like a minor little tiny minor. Like I have a thing where I, I don't really have one of those things that can tell you. I just go by feel. You know, cool. I, there's there's a way that I basically finger like the first and the fifteenth fret, and then kind of touch it, you know, on either side to uh -huh. see where the, how the action's bouncing, you uh -huh. know, and then scoot it up towards the, the butt end of the neck, just the same thing. And cool. you, can, you can see like, if there's any sort of dip or, or back bow or whatever, Got and then, then you kind of get a sense of how far to crank the truss rod from there. Cool. Yeah. That little the sound that it makes when you tap up there. Yeah. A little bit of a high pitch. Sound <laughs> of yeah. yeah. You're there. Yeah, I've. I mean, for me, I have a Telecaster. That I actually bought it in Emerald City. It's 1990. I haven't had to touch the truss rod since the late 90s. I mean, if some wow. necks just stay, you know what I mean? They just like mm -hmm. stay there. And other ones, like some of my Gibsons, every season, you know, they'll need a little tweak here and there, you know, one way or the yeah. other. Yeah, probably something to be said with the, the wood, you know, like if like something about the maple, like just like stays truer, longer. Where yeah. like mahogany is a little yeah. more loosey goosey. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to know more about your journey as a guitar player. Like, so you, so Hart and the Cranberries were kind of your two 
jams. Like, what was your first guitar you got? Was it an acoustic or an electric? Or yeah, yeah, it was a Sigma acoustic. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, I got it for Christmas. I think I was 13 or 14. Yeah, my so I'm like, I'm not one for surprises. I like to be surprised. But my sister, she five years younger than me. She was the snooper. Like she would always go around <sighs> snooping in the, my parents' closet. And and uh, she was snooping this, this particular year. And, and she was so excited to like tell me something. And she's like, Liz, Liz. But she also knows that I don't, you know, I like to be surprised. So she didn't want to give away the whole thing. She's like, I found a guitar case behind mom and dad's dresser but, and then she's like but that doesn't mean there's a guitar in it probably machine machine gun yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah that was so yeah it was a sick which i actually still have to this day i still have That's it. I, cool. I, I donated it to the bush school my friend of mine she was the music director there for a lot of years and and i donated it to her her class and they played the shit out of it and she just retired last year so i i actually got it back which is oh that's crazy cool. but yeah <laughs> But uh, it sounds so good. Like, it's just like a crappy plywood top. No frill. Like, just it's bare bones. But it sounds so good. And it, and it still plays good. Like, every year I would maintain all the instruments at, for her class. And it was like 20 guitars and, you know, various forms. Electric, acoustic, bass, mandolin, whatever. And so I got to revisit it every year. And That's so cool. Yeah. So, you know, I guess I've maintained it through its journey. But yeah. well, it's cool that they got to use it. And I mean, essentially, you just leased it to them and then now you have mm-hmm. it back. And they broke That's, it in yeah. and put all this cool wind. Oh, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, There's like win, so win. many like teenage schmutz DNA all over it, but no. <laughs> schmutz. <laughs> <laughs> so did you did you when you were a teenager or in your early 20s, did you join bands or start bands or what was your journey that way like? Or how did it start? Yeah, I I had, I had a couple of little bands in high school, nothing, you know, mostly just covers like talent uh, show stuff. Uh, but I think my first real band was uh, this band, Ruby Dean, the snake handlers, no. um, Jorge Harada. He was, he's the lead guitar player in the band. He, he actually got a job working at American music in the, in the early two thousands. And we actually, he made me a bet, like whoever gets in a band first owes the other one sushi. And so he made a bet with me that, you know, because he had just moved to Vegas and he was looking for gigs. And I think he picked up a couple of gigs with like the Souvenirs, Canute Bell, you know, just some other all country acts and started playing with them. And um, he gave me like a, a demo CD that they were that they were putting together. You know, there was like this heavy, like acoustic guitar rhythm thing. And basically I, I asked Jorge, I was like, hey, like, do you want somebody to play acoustic guitar? And he's like, yeah. So I auditioned and basically joined the band and played with them for about five years and that was like my first kind of real band and uh did a couple of smaller things in between snake handlers and then eventually joined the purrs which has been 13 years now going on so what are the purrs up to these days are you guys you guys recording a new album or yeah we we started a project a new album project pre-covid and then uh we've been we went in last summer and did about half the album uh we we've been working with johnny sangster who's he's like our fifth nice. member nice. essentially um so we got half of it in the can um hopefully in the next couple months we're gonna go back in and get another batch about five or six songs that we're gonna try to throw out there and so maybe sometime next year hopefully we'll have a product very cool yeah it's exciting i'm liking what we're doing so yeah do you guys? 
Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we just worked with Johnny Sangster last weekend. Oh, awesome. He's the best. He is. And that's the first time I worked in this new location. I guess it's probably not new. To oh, yeah. Anymore. He's so great. He's so cool and easy and fast. Like he's, he's all the good things. <laughs> I have yet to work with that cat. I, I want to. I had a question <laughs> related to basically just electric guitar. Are you still a fan of the Telecaster? Is that like your oh, yeah. electric? Okay. Yeah. I knew it was yeah. last I talked to you, but I didn't. So is that, is that the main, do you have multiple Telecasters or do you? I have three at the moment. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. My main one as of the last couple of years is a, it's a 75 Tele Custom. I think it's the Custom. The one with the the humbucker in the neck. Yeah. Is that, or is it the, yeah. 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 Um, he came into the shop to Emerald City Guitars a couple of years ago. This guy needed to pay rent. And so Jay bought it from him. It was beat to shit. Like it was, it had like sticker goo. It was like, it was like some punk rocker guitar. Like it, mm. it was, the frets were just worn down to nothing. And the fingerboard was all pitted and black. And it was like somebody's nasty fingernails were just digging into that thing for years. <laughs> but it had so much vibe and, and it was, totally like a player like there was nothing original on it so for some reason i was vibing with me and i i worked out a deal with jane ended up buying it and had it refretted and had the, the pits on the fingerboard filled in so it's smooth again and ended up eventually replacing the pickups because they were already replaced anyways and but i put the eva pickups in them uh in it which are uh eva she's uh this this gal who down in la married to this guy mike cornwall who's kind of an elusive but like everybody knows him guitar tech kind of guy anyway she she winds these pickups and they're killer they're they're kind of like if you know you know you know uh, <laughs> and cool. uh we uh we actually have some at the shop that we're selling right now but which are which i'm pretty excited about they're kind of they're cool I, I don't know really how to describe them but i guess one word i always say is they're very unforgiving which is like makes you play better <laughs> so that's cool yeah in general yeah 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 and they look cool like the the neck pickup in particular it's like not really like the size of a it's kind of like the size of a mini humbucker or p90 but not quite um kind of has the vibe of a gold foil but i don't know there's really no way to describe it well how did you come to be how how did you come to the telly because i mean i came to the telly late in my life like i didn't play tellies for years and years and years and i'm just yeah i i I think it's just like the simplicity, but the versatility, yeah. like you can make them sound yeah. like a Les Paul if you dial them in just right. Um, yeah. They just, they just look cool. Like they're just like a slab of, you know, it's just like a simple slab of wood. Yeah. And like, there's, you don't need any more, you know, it's just, it, totally. it's just, yeah. It's so funny that you say that because this week, last weekend recording, I did most of the songs with my 345, but there were a couple of songs I wanted to play the telly on and I get in there, I set up, the amp for the telly and I go and listen back and I'm like, I just dial this in like a Gibson. It's like everything. <laughs> it's like one yeah. But you're right. It's a very versatile guitar and it's perfect. I mean, I think my favorite guitars are the Telecaster and the, and the Les Paul Jr. because they're both just slabs. Yes. And I don't need the, you know, the counter, the, the cuts like on a Strat or whatever. It's just, it's a perfect guitar. I mean, perfect. Yeah. Everything. And that's cool that you have three of them or four of them or how many. Yeah. Actually, my next venture, if I if I can come across a Vibe Les Paul or SG Junior, like that's then I'm set. Does stuff come in very often that you just go, I gotta have that, and you have to talk yourself down? Like I just not really. Like that's that, good. Like that's a good the, place to be. Yeah, I mean, there's so many crazy instrument, you know, guitars that come through that it's like I don't have I don't have the mental capacity to really be like like wow, you know. It's like yeah, that's 
like there's like some turds for sure. Like, right. like, <laughs> certain, like all, those are more obvious than like the cool ones, <laughs> if anything. But and it's always the weird ones too that come around where I'm like, wow, like that thing is awesome. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was this, this like weird, this is years ago at Emerald City. There was this guitar that was, the, it was sitting on the, the cheap wall, you know, when you first walk in on the left, like there's like the wall of kind of misfit, like, you know, under $500 guitars. And, and it, it was kind of like, a, it was like part Tysco body with a different neck on it. And the ground wire for like, was like this like thick, stupid wire that was like wrapped around the, the post of the stop bar tailpiece that wasn't original to the guitar. And it was funky. And finally, one day I decided like, I should throw some new strings on this thing and see what's up with it. And it was fucking awesome. Like it was like, <laughs> and it was like 150 bucks. And I was like, I, you know, I didn't really have a place for it. So I didn't buy it, which I, now I'm kicking myself, but I was like, I'm going to keep this guitar like a secret. And so like, if there's some touring band that comes through, you know, all like sleeping in the van, you know, like some indie band or whatever, like that's like who this guitar is for. That's cool. So sure enough, like a couple of years later, this young 20 something year old dudes come in and total like stinky pits and like the whole van life vibe and it's like dude you guys need this guitar and they and one of them bought it and it, oh, I was like awesome. I was so excited to like sell it to those guys because it was like it was like the perfect guitar for them but yeah I I kind of wish I would have bought it <laughs> yeah but I love that I love that you that you kind of wanted to save it for somebody for the right person yeah. essentially yeah because like Chris said, it's that seems to be the invariable situation or, or it seems inevitable that if you work at a store like that, something's going to come in that you're going to have to talk with Jay with, you know, like, hey, mm-hmm. uh, dude, this I can't live without this thing. But yeah. I think it's I think it's cool that you wanted to sell it to some touring musician because I yeah. think that because uh, the whole vintage thing now is so as you as we all know on this call is so crazy, like, you know, even to get a junior now or a special or something is pricey. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's cool when you find the little weird ones that that somebody can can bond with and and play. That's super that, cool. That was the best. My favorite part about working down there because I'm a horrible retail person. I have a <laughs> I have a hard time being out in front of the public for a long time. Me too. But I loved it. I, I it was able to carry me a couple of years. Just my love of the guitar. But one of the things I love the most is you get to know the customers and the clients and something comes in and you go, oh, that's for that person. And you just like get yes. to know people. Or someone says it comes in and says, I want to get this sound. You're like, follow me. And you hook them up to the right gear to get that. And that was really rewarding and satisfying. So I, yeah. I appreciate that. But the rest of it, like, uh, you know, I, I took this 52 Telecaster home and played it for a while. It's not really speaking to me. Can I try Telecaster? <laughs> it's like, dude, it's not the guitar. It's not the guitar. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I'd love to hear about the people who are a pain in the ass. You don't have to name names, mm. but... You work in a A, you work in a retail shop and B, you do setups or so I'm sure you've got some stories about just like because Chris and I always talk about that too. It's like somebody, yeah, the the, the fucking E string is buzzing yeah, when I play the F. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> How do you deal with that tactfully or the well, thing that always cracked me up about that? It was just, it was always like the like the punk rocker who's like plays with so much. Right, joy. yeah. No yeah. Like, dude, you shouldn't like, care at all. Doing your job. But it's like, it's kind of buzzing here. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, and then sometimes you would just like not do anything and give it back. And they're like, oh, that's so much. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> a psychological like, thing. They're just like, yeah, totally. Uh-huh. <laughs> or like they'll, they'll show you like what's wrong with it. And they're like, they're like 
plucking the string so hard. It's like, and it's like, I ask him, I'm like, is this how you actually play? Like, I'm no, no joke. I'm like, is this how you actually plug your guitar? And they're always like, well, no, it's like, well, don't then what's the problem? You know, <laughs> like you're trying to make a point. It's like, yeah, I could, you could pick up any guitar off the wall. And if you pluck the string like that, of course it's going to buzz and sound yeah. terrible. Cause like, that's, if that's how you, that's, if that's your style of how you play, then there's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's another reason to do your own setups too. Cause once you do your own setups, you learn to live with it because you're like, that's what you end up with. I mean, you yeah. that. I mean, if you set it up and you want a nice straight neck and really easy that you have to play with a lighter touch. And when you start yeah. digging in, so you learn yeah. that that's what guitars do. You know what I mean? If you don't want, if you want less buzz, you know, just like give it a little bit more relief or jack the action up, but you can't have everything. Yeah. And that's yeah. Or like, you know, back on the subject of when a guitar comes in, like when we're in the check-in process and we're writing up the ticket, like the particulars on the deal, like there's still like the classic, like I want the action as low as possible with no buzz. Like, uh, you, you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I've heard that too. That's <laughs> like, insane. Yeah. Well, who like, doesn't? Who yeah. I know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Something's never changed. That's really good to hear. I mean, it's just, it's like a universal thing. There could be like a movie made, you know, like they made that movie about a record store. There could be a guitar store movie. And Oh, for sure. Yeah. Are there any nightmare stories about just getting a a guitar you didn't want to touch? Like, like oh, yeah. you mentioned before, like, oh, yeah. like a biohazard there, or something. Yes. Yeah. If there's bodily fluids, like not just typical sweat like i'm talking like blood and vomit like there's Uh, been yeah it's like okay this is where this is where i draw the line actually during covid during the height of covid when people were you know coming out of their have nothing better to do like they dig their old guitar out of the closet and so we were just like inundated with people bringing their guitars in to have refreshed and set up because you know that they're going to pick up their hobby again um there was some nasty shit like <laughs> like that was like the worst period of time of like touching guitars that, that i've ever experienced in my whole life uh, like it was like the the amount of of nasty crusty guitars like we actually added an extra clean like because of that price list for the for guitar work we've actually added a line extra cleaning fee that's so weird were these punk rockers or were they just people what it's so strange to just me that somebody pe- would just, have such weird yeah shit on their orders. yeah so like it's i mean normal oh i mean what's normal but yeah <laughs> people oh who probably were like you know work in an office but i don't Got know it. But maybe they yeah they took <laughs> yeah. they took it to the office party and everybody puked on it and left it in the corner I, I just, <laughs> I just felt, it's so weird though it's so weird that like you're saying during COVID they would they revisit this guitar and like open it and go oh shit maybe i should at least wipe it down or something before so i take it into yeah. the heck or something so, bodies are gross i know that you sounds like such it. a neat part of your job liz that you have to put up with boogers and and bodily fluids precious yeah. bodily fluids i never thought that that's like what i would be getting myself into but yeah <laughs> just trust rod that I mean, one, thing that, one thing i think is really cool and i don't know whose idea this was but i think it's a really great idea is they have you sitting right out front you have a little setup station out there are you still doing that yeah and that's yeah. really cool because you get to interact with the customers talk about stuff some of them they get like little previews of stuff that's just coming in you're like look at this and you get mm-hmm. more excited but it's really cool. It's helpful. I'm sure you give lots of good advice to people. I mean, I just think that's yeah. a really good idea to have you instead of like, I was always tucked back in Yam City where, you know, 
where no one could see me, which I kind of like because I didn't like people, but um, it's, <laughs> it's great when you can interact with that. I know that when I was down there doing the web stuff, we'd have like cool conversations about guitars and you'd show me shit that just came in. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm still a salesperson too. You know, I've, I've, mm. I kind of do like a little bit, I mean, you know, Nick and Joey, like they're kind of like the, the, the frontline guys now, so to speak, it's like they're the heavy hitters. Well, obviously Trevor too, you know, he's, mm. he's out on the, out in the field more these days, but, but yeah, like just like Nick and Joey are awesome. Like there's like, they're the first to, okay. Somebody wants to check out a guitar through an amp. Like it's like, Hey, you know, will you mind hooking this guy up? And they're like, yeah. So like, and they're super personable and, and but yeah, you know, I still do some of that as well, which I, I enjoy. I like talking to people. I never thought I would be that kind of person growing up because I was always reserved and shy. But yeah, I think working in, in retail in general has definitely like opened up my my uh, confidence levels of just talking to people. That's cool. And that's, and that's, that's, I'm the same way. I think all of us on this call are introverts, essentially, I sure am. And like Chris was saying, I think that's kind of what has gotten me a little more out of my shell is just what Chris was talking about. And what you were talking about, Liz, in terms of just doing it over and over again, but also just we're passionate about guitars and about that whole scene. So yeah. yeah. And I, I kind of dig when like, one of my favorite things was some kid coming in with his dad, pick, you know, getting his either his first guitar or his, or his upgrade or something like that. And, and then you're like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Let's, let's hook this kid up. And mm-hmm. yeah. So I think, I think that's an interesting point because I think, mo- I think a lot of us are are like that. I think most musicians I've met are introverts. And I think it's cool that you've kind of come out of your shell because you've just been there. You are, you're kind of perched right there, right. When people come in and yeah. I know I love to hang, I love to hang out there and just bend your ear and annoy you and, and yeah, ask you no. questions about what's in your queue. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool too, just doing this for so long. Like there's still people that I deal with on occasion that I sold them their first guitar, you know, 20 years ago. And they've they're fully like rocking it, you know. That's awesome. Like and some of them are like in relatively successful bands. And yeah, it's it's kind of cool. It's it's cool to like see you know how that started you know their this was like their dream you know whoever their nancy wilson was like inspired them to want to pick up a guitar and play for the first time and and i got to be part of that that journey for them you know like basically like you know planting the seed for them in a sense well i guess the seed was already planted but you know <laughs> you know whatever Nurturing. whatever phase of their yes. their journey of doing it you know yeah yeah I, I bet you that's part of the cool thing too is is that is re- building relationships right so like yeah. you said you know some of these people you've probably known for 5 10 15 20 years you know and they keep yeah. coming back that's cool yeah it's fun yeah. it's 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 something i didn't really think about you know you you take for granted sometimes that a lot of my lifelong friends are based around this industry. Yeah. Same. I mean, and Emerald City Guitars was a place for me to where I met a lot of the people. I mean, I, I got in my first band from, you know, being down there and, you know, met a bunch of people that are, are to this day, our friends through there, you know, and I've been gone from yeah. for 20 years more. It's That's probably cool. longer than that. When was it? I, I was there to like 99 or something. So however many years that is, but I still, interested. 
Yeah, it's interesting yeah. going down there like later when I was going down there, maybe like six years ago or whatever, just helping out. Uh, I would see people I hadn't seen like in 15 years from there. You know what I mean? It's so weird mm-hmm. to, all these years later in the same environment where I used to see them like weekly. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a giant like family. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. everybody, just everybody knows everybody and helps everybody out. It's pretty cool. It, it really is. Like Jay, man, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I can't say enough positive things about that guy he's yeah yeah i'm gonna I think we're all, <laughs> oh, yeah i think we're all on the same page i mean it's funny because when chris and i have these discussions and you know invariably they all lead back to emerald city guitars and it's kind of it's fun because it is kind of a place you can go as a musician and you can run into like-minded people and you can just share your love of music and instruments in that environment. And it doesn't have to be Emerald City Guitars. It could be your favorite guitar shop. But that's what I love about just going down there. It's like, you know, part of it is like a barber shop, just hanging out and annoying people mm-hmm. and asking them silly <laughs> questions. And then the other part is you're around this cool gear and these cool people. And yeah, it, it's just a fun place to, to hang out. And it's so cool that you're there and you're you do great work. And Thank you. Yeah, it's just so great to know you. And thanks for chatting with us today, man. It's, yeah. it's been so cool. And great. we'll have to do it again under yeah. better circumstances since our tech issues today. But you're yeah. you're a trooper. I really appreciate it, Liz. We'll have to we'll have to get into the Mark Marin story. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got time. Let's talk about it now, man. Yeah, Give us the lowdown. Okay, hi to COVID, you know, pre-vaccinations, yeah. like uh, everybody, you know, common decency to just wear a mask everywhere, you know? Yeah. So we get a, a ding dong at the gate. Oh, well, like literally, literally and figuratively <laughs> a couple of ding dongs. Um, so let me preface this. So we're like T minus five minutes before the guitar V's about to roll in the guitar V being Jay's RV, which they just got back yeah. from an LA trip where they picked up about 40 guitars, like a dozen or so amps, like all stuffed in this RV, like right. literally like amps, like in the shower and the, in the RV, like, you know, where else are you going to put them? Um, so we block, you know, where we were doing appointment only at the time mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. And, um, so we're, we basically blocked out like that hour, or so window of time, like no appointments, like nobody's coming in, like this is what's up, you know, unless you're coming in to pick up a or drop off a repair or something. Mm-hmm. And so this group of people shows up to come in to pick up a guitar or drop off a guitar that they were getting some work done on and follow up behind these other two dudes. And it's Mark Marin and Dean Del Rey, who's like his podcast homie slash I don't know what he is like hanger on or I don't know. And uh, so Matt, Matt goes up to the door and kind of gives him the spiel. It's like, well, we're not really like letting anybody in right now, but if you want to come in, like you can take a pass through the shop, you know, but we're not really like, you know, we got a big load of stuff coming in. So we're not really set up to like plug in and let you jam or whatever. Right. I'm paraphrasing, but um, so they got the, they got the spiel. And so they walk in and, Dean comes in with no mask on and I'm like, I'm like, Hey, like you mind putting on a mask? Like, thanks. And he's like, Oh, the, the sign on the door said I, 
it's optional, which there's no such sign on the door. Like, <laughs> so he begrudgingly put on a mask and I'm like, okay. And so the first thing he walks straight up to the glass case with the bursts and he's like, can I play that guitar? And I was like, ha ha funny. And I didn't know who they were at the moment. Right. And I, I kind of, I think I pretty much picked up on who Mark Marin was like right away. But I was like, you know, we were like, my mind wasn't focused on that. And so I'm like trying to explain like, oh, no, like I can't, you know, I was like, are you joking with me in my mind? Right. And he's like, you got offended that I wouldn't pull up bursts right. out, of the, out of the case. It was actually, it wasn't even like the $500,000 burst. It was like a $25,000 knockoff burst, but still, oh, you know, 20, yeah. it's like, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, what? Like, how, like, how do you sell guitars? You don't, don't let people play them. And it turned into this whole conversation of like like well you know here's the deal and then mark Marin like picked up on the the heat of the conversation he comes around and he's like how do you know that we don't have that kind of money uh, and i'm like uh, you know it and i was like and then he pulls his mask down so i could see it's his whole face like don't you know who i am kind of thing and i'm like right. and i was like really like is this, uh, is this how this is going like um, what yeah. And then they left and he just blasted us on his Instagram and, yeah. and we got phone calls all day long. Like his fanboys, like, why did you make Mark Marin mad? And it was just like, <laughs> like, God. Yeah. So I tried, like, I even like reached out to him directly, like personally on Instagram. I'm like, Hey dude, sorry, we got off on the wrong foot, but like, yeah, you know, duh <laughs> and mm. and he was like you were nasty and then he, he he was doing a show at the neptune that night i wasn't there but i have a lot of friends that went to that show and the first 25 minutes of his show was all about the whole thing oh my gosh he, he didn't he didn't i don't think he named names but it was obvious you know yeah right and he did he did take the post down uh, off That's of good. instagram yeah. which is which is good but still it's just like Man, you know, the whole thing just made me think that as a culture, we just shouldn't have social media. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. the whole thing, the way that that went down after that. And me, oh, you know, yeah. I'm really knee jerk. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, Liz, you know, I'm I'm team Liz. Let's, you know, let's <laughs> burn, burn down some houses or something. I'm thinking, Wait <laughs> I mean, there's so much shit that I've done in the past that if I was accountable for, I mean, I was an asshole at certain times. I feel bad about it now, but so, you know, stuff like that happens, all these things, and it just gets so blown up and everybody just, it's just terrible. I mean, it's like, whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to hear the whole, your side of the story, because it kind of gathered that's what it was. But yeah, say, it didn't it was, yeah. happen. And you know, if they really wanted to see a burst, if they're really serious and want to see a burst, that's the sort of thing that you set up for them to see. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's exactly. At a time when you can give them full attention and they can absolutely, especially and, when they, when they got the spiel, when they first came in, it's like, we're right. not, you know, here's what's going on. Like, exactly. it was just poor timing, ter terrible timing. You know, we would have yeah. absolutely like pulled out the red carpet for him. Had we known, you know, Yeah. but it was just like the worst possible timing, you know? Right. Right. And, and, well, shit. And, if, and then he walks straight to the glass case and is like, I'm going to play that one. It's like, well, right. did you not just hear what Matt just like laid out for yeah. you? Know, explained like what frustrates me too, is just at when, when the dust settles and everything is kind of done. Like, I think, you know, what, what cool people do usually is, is, you know, look inward and say, yeah, shit, I was, you know, 
I, I could have handled that differently because, you know, he should have thought about it, too, in the context of what you guys are dealing with. You got COVID. You got the shipment coming in. You know, I don't know at the time if you guys had the gate up or not, but just all the stuff you guys were going through, whether he knows it or not. It's like what you know, what what are these people going through that 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 I should be aware of or you know what I mean? Like, just yeah. try to understand like, the whole context of, of what you're doing and where or your situation. Right. After yeah, the like, fact, like, and go, like, oh, yeah. Read the room. Read the room. Yeah. 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 Read the room. And then also also be self-reflective enough to say, oh, you know, I was all probably, you know, because he was probably all excited. You know, he wanted to go to this store and see some cool guitars. And then he just fucking ruined it. You know? Yeah. But but after the fact, you hope a guy that says, you know, fuck, I fucked up. I, you know, regard I think it was cool that he took the post down. I think it was I think it was the only thing he should have done. But I think after the fact, I think he should have reached out to you guys and said, Hey man, I apologize. Let's try, you know, can I come to the shop again and, and yeah. try it again? It sounds I've like been, he wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. I mean, well, we're absolutely 100% welcoming, you know, if he wants yeah. to come in again, yeah. which I don't know if he will, but like, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll yeah. go out of our way to like yeah. make him feel special, you know? Exactly. But it's like, but of all the people that come through there, like, of that of a celebrity status like like that was like a one like icky moment. yeah it was like yeah like 99 like of the people that come through that are of billy gibbons joe walsh yeah like, yeah cool as can be yeah like why do you got to be like that you know i know like well I like chris was it. saying like, too <laughs> it, pissed, it pissed me off too because we know you guys you know we know how what good people you are and that that you would never treat people the way you're, he depicted it you know it's like yeah. and so that was that's what pissed me off it's like dude you're portraying this in a completely you don't even know these people but they're that his the crew he has down there of you guys too by the way is the best crew he's ever had in that shop and i i i've seen them all i from day one but well included chris should be a part of this group too but He's not anymore, but, but you guys are fucking stellar. You're all good people. You're all knowledgeable and you're all give a shit and it shows. So it's kind of fun for me just to be hanging out down there occasionally and working with you guys, but yeah, I'm glad you're there. Yeah. Oh, we're all, we're all I'm glad so, you're there. I'm, dude, I'm so glad to be there. So I guess, but yeah, anyway, Mark Barron and that, that asshole from Bush are the most infamous, um, Oh, you got a you heard you got a Bush story? No, do tell. The only reason I remember it is because it was one of the first ever like stories. So the Gavin Rosdale guy. I, mean, I think or... that's what this would have been like in like '97 or something. Wow. Like that. So I wasn't even there. Someone working there was like threw him out because he was being an asshole. Oh, kind of caused a little. I've bit never of, heard the story. There's a you know I've had a lot of like star sightings in there. I mean, you look up and like holy shit, that's blah blah blah, and it's yeah. always gone super super smoothly. So it's like. It is. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they've been in business for that long and that there's only been two, uh, that's pretty good. That is yeah. good. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like it's it's kind of like a sanctuary. Like you it, no matter who you are, whether you're just like Joe Schmo or Joe Walsh, you know, it's like <laughs> it's it's a place where they can feel common ground and like let their guard down and just, you know, as it should be. You know, it's, it's yeah. not like it's 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 like a there's no reason to feel like intimidated or feel elitist in any exactly. sense like and walking in there and at I least that's how we try to keep the vibe i think that's a great team you do. idea that you have there whether you're joe Mo <laughs> or joe walsh yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I think that's a good, I think that's a good note to wrap things up on. Yeah. Thanks so much, Liz. No, no, it's yeah. great to talk Fun to you. Fun hanging and, out with you guys. And good thanks go. so much for dealing with our technical woes but uh yeah. yeah we'll do it again too we'll check it we'll sure. check back in with you too because it's fun chris you're in charge of the of the stopping of the recordings okay well uh, for some reason say goodbye to all of our dedicated listeners <laughs> okay goodbye to all of our listeners goodbye